You are listening to Studio 41 Radio. It's the Corner 3 on 97.1 The Freak. Last week we had Skin. He'll be back next week too. But this week it is two hours of the Corner 3 with us here at the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Bobby Carella, Digital Content Manager for the Mavs. Joining me as always, Katia Vialba. Katia, what's up? What's going on, Bobby? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited for two hours of Mavs of talk. Corner three, let's go. And of NBA talk. And of candy talk. All of it. We got a lot candy. planned today. Spooky season is here. Sitting next to Katia, two removed from me, the one more thinking, Isaac Harris. It's good to be back. Spend some time in Colorado because I guess that's what Texans do. You go to Colorado <laughs> for vacation. And uh, I'm just missing all the weather. Can we have Colorado weather? Weather in Dallas. That's all it needs. Do you think that people from Colorado visit Texas for vacation? No. No. Unless you want to go to the like beautiful beach in Galveston. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that the closest beach? Probably. Is L.A. closer? Like Santa Monica Pier and that, all that stuff? I mean, Colorado. I how close is Colorado to various bodies of water? You did not pass your geography. <laughs> I did Plus. not. I did not. Hey, is it okay that I call you the one more thinking? Does Nick get mad about that? You're no. locked on math. Is it copyrighted no. to only locked on? No, I mean, we get like $5 every time, but. Okay. Well, it's no, the it's one fun. more thinking. It's the one more thinking. <laughs> Kati, he's the one more thinking. He is the one more thinking. It's funny because I've stopped doing it, really, because at the beginning, I was like, at the very end, like, hey, one more thing. Let me talk about this. And uh, now I'm just like, all right, I'm done could talking about this. Could this be a new game. segment here? It could be. One more thing. Hey, one more thing. <laughs> All right, just with like 30 seconds left in the segment. Hey, one more thing. I just want to talk about this real quick. <laughs> like a main idea. Like, should the Mavs bring Luke off the bench? I kind of want to talk about should that. Should the Mavs rebrand? Yeah, what? just drop a nuke right at the end of the segment. We've never talked about rebrand on here. <laughs> Maybe next week, Isaac. Maybe we'll get to it next week. Uh, we got a we got a very fun show today. We're going to dive into some Mavs Nets talk. We're going to talk about the Mavs upcoming homestand. We got five straight games at American Airlines Center starting Saturday night against the OKC Thunder, who just beat the Clippers two games in a row. How about that? Next segment, we're going to talk about the Mavs' clutch offense and clutch defense and what goes well when they win close games and what maybe doesn't go as well whenever they lose them because there have been a lot of close games so far this season. we got a Halloween talk. We're going around the NBA, touching on uh, all the former Mavs and where they're starring in new places. But first, last night, the Mavs get a huge win in Brooklyn, taking down the Nets 129-125 to 125 in overtime. Luca had a huge game. We're going to talk about that here, too. But uh, Isaac, generally, there was a whole lot of stuff going on. I mean, a, a dude threw a drink at Luca. Like, there was a lot of stuff happening in got that arrested. game. Got arrested. Yeah, got arrested. Uh, rightfully so. Nobody yeah. throws drinks at our precious king. Uh, Isaac, what is your, your main takeaway from last night's game? Are we sure Jason Kidd wasn't behind the cup of water being spilled on the floor? <laughs> it <laughs> did get them some some clutch timeouts. <laughs> um, but, no, I you know, this – I, and like the fourth quarter, I was I wrote down a note in my notes. I was like, "Will either team feel like good about this win? <laughs> like, will, will they feel good about? Because I even though we won, I still was like, uh, okay, I'm glad I'm glad the Mavs won, but I wasn't super confident coming out of this game. Why not? Just because it felt like things still are not. It feels like Spencer isn't fully comfortable yet. It, it felt like you know Christian Wood got in foul trouble. Uh, JaVel didn't look great last night. Um, you know, some of the shots weren't going in early. Then we saw the role players hit, you know, three threes in a row in overtime that uh, pulled it off. And it felt like a classic Luka, I'm going to put this thing on my back, go ISO, get into the paint, let me score when outside of three-point line. And so I wasn't 
I wasn't walking out of the game saying, all right, that's awesome. But we won, and that's, that's the biggest thing out of it. So I think walking out of it, the biggest takeaway is Luka Doncic looks like he's in full MVP form right now. It's interesting that you say that because I want to I wanna follow up. Ooh, uh, ooh. If this game were to take place in March or April, or even the playoffs, mm-hmm. let's say, a game when a couple of the starters don't look that great, yeah. your second best player's in foul trouble and he only plays like 23 minutes or whatever, Dinwiddie was, I think, minus 20, sat most of the fourth quarter and all of OT. Nobody was making any shots until overtime. Like, it feels like this kind of win in March or April would be something that we'd really glorify and lionize. Yeah. Like, man, what a win. You go into a road. But is it because it's the beginning of the season? Is I it because so. of what happened against New Orleans? Like, why do you kind of feel conflicted about it? I think it's because of the beginning. Because you want, in a perfect world, you want everything to feel fresh and, like, be connected at the beginning because yeah you're right I think if it was later in the season like man they gritted this out they they found a way to win and this time I'm like oh all right I'm, I'm still I'm lacking something I want a little bit more connective chemistry between the team on it and they pull it you don't want it to all be Luca you want to yeah. you want to see like yeah all the and, other and, guys. and some yeah. of it is and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more about how teams are defending Luca but like you look what the Pelicans did the other night you know, they start off the game with Najee Marshall on him, and it's like post-up. They didn't bring a double. And then another one, he does a fadeaway right after that, and he misses a fadeaway. But teams are, and I feel like Brooklyn did a lot last night, they're just allowing one defender on him saying, hey, go get your bucket. And it's, it's kind of on Luka and the team to get into the paint to where they can cause the collapses to get, kick that ball out, to get some of these guys going like Reggie, Dorian. Um, so, yeah, some of it's on defense, but when you have a guy like Luka – I mean, he did I thought it. it was nice to see uh, Tim and Maxi have good games. Yeah, just because. 18 points for yeah, Tim. eighteen points for Tim. It's been a while since we've kind of seen that from him, so I thought it was really nice to see him kind of get back in the groove of it. Yeah, Katya, to Isaac's point about Luca getting in the lane last night, Thursday night against Brooklyn, Luca took a career high twenty-two two-point attempts. How many did he make? He made oh, off the top of my head, can I remember? Did Come he make seventeen? Did he make sixteen of them? Let me look at the I'm box I'm disappointed sports. in you right now. <laughs> I didn't know off the th- – oh, he, he only made 12 of them? What the heck? That's very <laughs> that's actually really unlike low. him, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really low. What the heck, Luca? Um, he was 14 of 17 on twos against the Pelicans, but he took 13 threes. Right. And so after the game, kind of the common refrain – I mean, even you and I talked about it mm-hmm. on Wednesday to ourselves, you know, off mic or whatever. Like, that's a lot of threes, man. Like, yeah. you're unstoppable. But it really looked like against Brooklyn, Luca was just like, no, it's – None of you can stop me. I'm just going to go right to the basket. And he, he kind of like, he kind of did what we wanted him to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's very good at driving. He's very consistent at making those baskets. I mean, obviously, last night, he didn't make as many as he normally does. But, I mean, that is a strong part of his game. So once he collapses the defense, he has a lot of options. So he can either shoot the layup or he can kick it out. And I think that is what... What he brings to the table. And uh, Jalen kind of picked up on it last mm. year. I think Jalen started doing that as well. But that has always been such a big part of Luca's game. So it's nice to see him kind of embracing it. It's a lot of pressure because he's got to do it like almost every time down the floor. You know, yeah. last night in the second half, Dinwiddie wasn't playing very much or whatever. So you kind of, a lot was on Luca. Yeah. Christian Wood was in foul trouble. And it is very tough. It takes a toll on your body driving the lane. And, you know, you're getting hacked. You're getting swiped at. You're getting fouled. Whether or not it's called, you're still mm-hmm. ending up on the ground a lot. And so you are asking a lot of one guy to just bash his head against the wall over and over again, you know, 50, 60 times a game. 
But that's kind of what Luka needs to do as yeah. with the way that this team is constructed. Isaac, what were you talking about with, with the way that teams are defending shooters? What were you saying? Yeah, well, I mean, when you play a guy like Luka <clears throat> in any, for lack of better terms, heliocentric offense, and a guy at Luka's level, you know, if you're an opposing te- defense, you basically got to choose one of two things. You're either going to, hey, we're going to try to get the ball out of the player's hands, out of Luka's hands, we're going to double him, and have the other guys, the role players, beat beat us. Or, hey, we're going to let Luka cook, you know, paraphrasing here, and try to take out the other guys to where, hey, we're not going to try to, you know, let them guys get into a rhythm. You look at, like, those early LeBron years and him playing in Cleveland – and some even like the second stint in Cleveland, you saw a point that LeBron made early in the first quarter of like, hey, I'm gonna get Kyle Korver these open shots. I'm gonna he was kind of like not as aggressive and trying to get the three point shooters involved and in a rhythm early. And I wonder if that's something Luca will eventually do because he's a great first quarter scorer and player. But I think I feel like a few of these games, at least two out of these four games, teams are trying to go that route of saying all right, we'll take our chances. We'll take our chances with Larry Nance 101 or even Valanchunas or some of those guys last night and stay home on the Dorian's Reggie's of the world to where, hey, we don't want these guys to get into a rhythm. Because I think you said it last year, like, hey, if Reggie and Dorian can shoot over 40%, it was on the Twitch stream last year, if they can shoot over 40% from three and Luke is hitting those, they'll go to the Western Conference Finals. And they did. They did. <laughs> they did. They did. Now, whenever you guard Luca one on one and you take away his right hand, you're conceding the step back three. But I think teams are wh- even if he hits half of those in the yep. game, I think teams are going to live with that because when Luca gets in the lane, all bets are off because you do have to send help and guys get open and yep. you're just you're I getting think torched. One of the coaches that uh, really harps on that and is like, okay, we're gonna which one's the lesser of the two evils was Ty Lu. Whenever mm-hmm. uh, I heard him have a quote of just saying like, it's either we double team him and leave the other guys open or you know we just one-on-one him and see see what happens and I think other coaches are kind of realizing like that's the way to you know you you pick one or the other and you kind of stick with it and see yeah. see what works yeah, and the Nets' choice was obvious last night they just played Luka one-on-one for almost the whole yeah. game and he completely annihilated them doesn't matter uh Patty Mills Kyrie Irving you small guys I'm posting you up Ben Simmons, I'm going right past you. Nick Claxton, I can go right past you, too, to the tune of 41 points. Katia, he had another 40-point triple-double. 40-point triple-double, third of his career. He's had a 42-point and then two 41-point triple-doubles. It was his first triple-double that he recorded against the Nets. So there has only we been... We did it! Yeah, so there's only Let's four go. teams left that he has not recorded a triple-double against. But um, Who are they? I had it, and then... Thunder? Magic? The Celtics, the Heat... The Wolves and the Jazz. Never done one against the Jazz. Yeah, oh. I thought that was interesting. They play so many times. Wednesday this night. This is regular season, <laughs> so I'm not sure if he had one in, in the playoffs. I don't think he did. Season. I don't think it, which is weird because their games are usually close. Like, he's playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. But, yeah. Huh. Yeah, so that bumps him up to uh, 47 career triple-doubles. So he broke into the top 10 last year, and so he's still... There in the top 10, he's number 10 on the all-time triple-doubles list. Uh, some guy on the internet tweeted. <laughs> some loser on the internet. Wow. <laughs> some guy on the internet tweeted that his third career 40-point triple-double ties Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Elgin Baylor, and Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich. Maravich. Pistol Pete Maravich. Pistol yeah. Pete, baby. 
Uh, that is Elon. That, that guy on the internet was Bobby. So <laughs> <laughs> just for, for yeah. reference. <laughs> Only five guys ever have more 40-point triple-doubles. I know Russ is one of them. He's got to be. Uh, who's the rest? Do you have the list? I do. Uh, let's see. Russ will probably get a lot more this season. Of the 40-point? Yeah, the 40-point triple-doubles. I don't know if I have that list. Let's I have the all-time list oh, okay. right now. All right, let me see if I can find it. Bobby's got the stat head, but I can say that Larry Bird is ninth on that list. He's at 59 right now. And then uh, we have a couple guys that are obviously still in the league in James Harden sitting at 69, Nikola Jokic, 78. I was was waiting for the nice. Thank you. Thank you. You said Larry has 59? Yes. And Luke has got 47? Yes. Do you think he passes him this season? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. I do. Ooh. I do. Do you think James Harden stays at 69 on purpose? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's on purpose, but I think he's going to stay. He's sitting on nine rebounds, and he's just like, don't, I'm not going near the ball. My hamstring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, so here's the list of 30, sorry, of 40-point triple-doubles of all time. Here's your all-time leaderboard. Right here on Studio 41 Radio, uh, the corner three. So Oscar Robertson had 22 of them. James Harden, 16. Oh, wow. Okay, I was not expecting James Harden to be one of those guys. But in Houston, yeah, that makes sense. Big numbers. Yeah, Yeah. I think he had a 50-point triple-double in Houston. It was because he played with Christian Wood. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just to bring Uh, it full circle. Russell Westbrook, 13 of them. Wilt Chamberlain, 7. And LeBron, 6. So Luke is halfway there. He's Mm. halfway to LeBron. Oh, yeah. But, uh, But we'll see. Okay. So looking ahead a little bit, we got some uh, some familiar faces coming in here. On Sunday, it's Jamal Mosley and the Magic. Saturday night, it's Mavs Thunder. Now, the Thunder were one of very few teams last season who came into American Airlines Center and left with a win. That was an overtime loss. Lou Dort went off. Trey Mann went off, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. And so, you know, these are two teams that are toward the bottom of the standings. You're thinking maybe they're thinking about ping pong balls, but the Thunder just beat the Clippers two times in a row. And the Magic are looking for their first win, but Isaac's guy, Paolo Bancaro, is just completely going off. So, Isaac, do you want to start talking about uh, your guy, or should we talk about the Thunder first? What do, what do we I just want to say, when the Thunder beat the Clippers the first time, I was like, okay, you know, everyone has that off game. But two in a row? Two in a row. Yeah. Now, Kawhi missed one of those games. Yeah. But still. Josh, still. Josh Giddy missed one of those games, too, so... Is he going to – do but we still, know what, what his prognosis <laughs> is? Is he playing against the Mavs? I haven't checked the injury report now. I don't okay. know. Okay. Shea is back, obviously. You know, yeah. The, the Thunder Lou, have Lou players. Dort. Yeah, the Thunder have some players. Obviously, Chet's still out for the OKC game. But uh, I'm feeling really good about my Palo stock right now. <laughs> I remember early on in the draft process, uh, I called our friend Jonathan Charks, and I was like, all right, what? where are you at with Jabari, Chet, Palo? And the first thing he said was, I just don't understand like why Palo's not number one for a lot of people. And obviously I watched a lot of Palo because I love North Carolina basketball. Saw them, you know, watched them play a lot. And he's just got it. He's just got the it factor. It's like going into the drafts, like Orlando should take him because they need that type of guy. And, you know, against Cleveland the other night, he had 20, 29 points, just his fifth game in the league. Now, they haven't won a game yet. But he is looking the part already. Like yeah, if so many injuries. To, I mean, Cole yeah. Anthony's out for them now. They're already oh, missing yeah. a slew of guys. And it's like they they're in this kind of sweet spot that even if they they lose a ton of games right now, the Franz Paolo like pairing in the front court. If I'm a Magic fan, I'm super hyped. Paolo just I mean he's just good at six ten. What he can do, and uh, we obviously seen him in the AAC during the preseason. 
but uh, to see them and Mosley, our guy, our guy, back in yes. back in the building. But Paolo's uh, legit. He's a really good player. So we were all here for draft night, covering the draft, and we were not expecting him to go number one. And then when yeah. he did, yeah, I feel like you you were like I was hyped about it. Yeah, yeah. It was, kind of a, it was kind of a smokescreen, right? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a smokescreen. Is it gonna be Chet? going to be Jabari. I mean, everyone thought it was going to be Jabari. Chet oh, kind of yeah. fell by the ready. wayside a little bit. I was bit. ready with the, the Jabari graphic. Yeah. Like thinking, like, yeah, for sure. And then, nope. They, they went yeah. with Paolo. Meanwhile, Jabari's arguing with Jalen Green down in Houston. Yeah. Uh, Paolo, five games, I believe five 20-point games. Yeah. So that's, you know, yeah. he could he can go off. Cat, um, those are two of five home games that the Mavs are going to be playing over the next couple weeks. This is kind of a prime time. You know, your first four games were pretty tough. Three road games, you know, all four teams that they played might end up in the playoffs. Um, these next five games, maybe not the same caliber of competition, but they're at home. And so, like, it's it's kind of you got to take care of business against these teams. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, having home court advantage is always a big thing. Um, it is a back-to-back versus OKC and Orlando. First one of the season. First one of the season. But it's cool because they don't have to travel. You know, you stay home, you go home, sleep in your own bed, come back the next day. It's kind of just like a reset. And it's an earlier start on Sunday, 6.30, but, and then the Saturday game's at 8. And then Sunday, I just got a shout-out. We're doing a theme night, and it is Breast Health Awareness Sweet. So it is the annual. They heard Cat's Corner last yes! week, and they were like, "We need to do it." <laughs> yes. Good idea. Yes, I'm. I'm all about it. And then uh, Wednesday they move on to Utah. Friday Toronto, and then to come full circle, Monday November seventh they will be playing the Brooklyn Nets. Ooh. What do we think the Nets' rotation will look like by then? Is Ben Simmons still <laughs> starting? I mean, I'm not even trying to make fun of them. Like they're having to get a little creative. I mean, here. they're one and four, and yeah. and going into the season, I don't think any of us had them pegged to be one and four. I thought they were going to push for like 55, 60. I mean, there's so yeah. much talent. So I when mean we got the uh, Tim Hardaway versus Yuta um, back and forth, <laughs> a, a la Waiters Hardaway back in the day, <laughs> I was like, this is a new look uh, Nets team. <laughs> to their defense a little bit, they're missing Steph, Joe Harris, TJ Warren. but That's a lot of their spacing too, right? Yes, so a lot in, of shooting in Seth there. and Joe, that's for sure a lot of their perimeter spacing. I assume that Harris will play in that game. What about Seth? What's his? Do you know his timetable? I mean, I don't know. Because he, he can shoot the crap out of the ball. Um, and then for Utah, how many players currently on Utah's roster will still be on the Jazz whenever they play the Mavs in a couple weeks? <laughs> Or wait a minute, that game is next week, right? Yeah, that game is next week. So oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We're talking they're they're kind of in days. a tough part of their schedule, though. So they're going to play at Denver and then Memphis twice at home, and then they come here. Oh, wow. So so we may get kind of like a tired Utah team, but they, they're... Or they're just going to be like 8-1. and one. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, they're 4-1 and one right now, so you just don't know what, what is going one. on in Utah. Marking in breakout year. Yeah, he's dominating. Yeah, he's having a great year. Colin Sexton comes off the bench for him. It's super weird because, yeah, obviously everybody thought that once they traded their guys that they were just going to be at the bottom. And they're winning right now. How long? I thought they were going full rebuild. Yeah. Like, hey, let's not win that After much. After that rebrand, yeah. you have to go rebuild at that point. But Bring back the purple, please. please. They, they heard the <laughs> feedback. They brought purple back <laughs> because of the feedback. <laughs> I, although I think the white jerseys are decent. I think they're de- The they're yellow not I'm not a fan of, but the white I think look good. How do we yeah. feel about Jordan Clarkson now starting instead of coming off the bench? Because he was kind of their big go-to sixth man. But now he's averaging almost 19 points, started all five games. He's, he's playing like about five, 30. Six assists too, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah he's averaging 5.2 assists. 4.2 rebounds. I mean, 
he's looking pretty well-rounded. Well, and, I mean, that's a an even smaller backcourt than what they were rolling out last yeah, year. Yeah, between him and yeah. Conley. You know, but it's working so far. I mean, yeah. I think he, Jordan Clarkson's really good. I, uh, I think he's yeah, really, really good. He is player. one of the – I mean, he's obviously – very productive player, but he's one of the players that are like non all stars. That every single time the Mavs go the up, Mavs, against, yeah. I'm like terrified. I'm just terrified of that guy. There's a few guys like that in the NBA, and Jordan Clarkson's one of them. It's, it's so like funny because during the playoffs, I was sitting in the stands, I'd be like, God, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. And then my boyfriend would be like, Okay, he's not. And I'm like, You don't understand. <laughs> he's only got nine <laughs> points. <laughs> Anytime I see him play, <laughs> he's good. He's so good against Mavs. He's just a professional <laughs> bucket getter. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you have a soft spot for like the uh, Jamal Crawford types. I do, I do, I do. I 100% do. Yeah. Our guy Kelly Olynyk, he's looking pretty good too. Yeah, he had a he had a, a very wonky looking game winner, but it yeah, still went in. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean they're 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 looking really good. Uh, so Isaac, what are you what are you looking for of the this five game homestand other than five wins? Yeah, I want to see how they play against some of the small ball lineups. You look at OKC on Saturday night; they don't really um tonight as you listen to this um they don't really have a traditional center um in their starting lineup you look at toronto um that fourth game of this home game stretch they don't really do that too so i want to see just how they match up do you know what does jason kidd do against these guys does he switch his lineup up does he leave it does christian wood just absolutely feast on these guys um yeah that's just a small thing i'm looking for cat how many wins five Four? Four. Let's go four. four. Yeah, let's go Ooh. four. Ooh. Who are they going to lose the game to and Ooh. predict the final score? <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> well, hopefully it's not tonight against the Thunder. Hopefully it's not tomorrow yeah. against the Magic either. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. But first, coming up next, we're going to talk about why the Mavs win close games and why they sometimes lose them on the corner three. Welcome back to the Corner 3 on 97.1 The Freak. So the Mavericks had another close game on Thursday at Brooklyn. Uh, three of their four games have hit clutch moments, uh, clutch time, I guess you would say, in, uh, in the early season. Uh, so, of course, once clutch games happen, Bobby just decides to become a hermit, go in his basement, and start crunching the spreadsheets to... Decide. Get some numbers. I think he's always at her. Yeah, I, yeah fire up, I fire up Excel pretty frequently, <laughs> I got to say. But uh, over the last few years, obviously, the Mavs' performance in, in crunch time. So clutch games like Katya, what you were saying, is the final five minutes of fourth quarter or overtime when the score is within five points. So when it's, when it's time to make your money, right? The Mavs have played a lot of those games over the years, you know, especially in the Luka era. And unfortunately, they lost a lot of those games. Now, last season after the Dinwiddie trade, the Mavs, like, they won, like, 10 out of 11 games. But before that, they had a losing record in such games. And they've had a 500 or losing record uh, every season of Luka's career so far. I and feel like it's always a very polarizing conversation. Like, it's like, oh, they're so good in clutch. Oh, they're terrible in clutch. Oh, Luka did so good in clutch. Oh, he did so bad. So Yeah, I mean, oftentimes, you know, when these games come down to basically a coin flip, yeah. which is if you're tied in the final minute, it's just pretty much toss a coin in the air but you lose a lot of them, then people are going to look for reasons why. Is it because Luka takes step-back threes? Is it because he needs more help? Is it because of what happened in the first quarter? Like, the answer is yes. It's all of those things. All of the above. When you <laughs> lose. But when you win a clutch game, it's because they gutted it out. It's because, <laughs> like, they rose to the occasion. It's not because they had three straight stops in the second quarter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we always really, really hyper-focus on these last couple minutes. But – Patterns emerge, even though we're talking about really small sample sizes, right? Like, 
if you play, like, for example, last season, the 21-22 season, they played 38 clutch games. Well, a game could count as a clutch game even if there's only 10 seconds of the score being within five inside right. the final five. So, you know, just because you play that game doesn't mean you're playing a full five minutes. Sometimes it's only one possession or one minute. So these are really small sample sizes. But like I said, patterns emerge. And so I want to rewind to the 2017-18 season. That was the year before Luka. The Mavs played 50 clutch games. Now, they had a 24-58 and 58 record that season. In clutch games, they were 12-38. and 38. 12 and 38, which means outside of those games, they were 12 and 20, which is pretty respectable. But 12 and 38, I mean, well done, Rick Carlisle. Do you, do you think that is the <laughs> season that started the narrative of um, the Mavs are not so good in clutch? Maybe. Mm. I mean, so much of that was, you know, let's bench Dirk. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know? I didn't no, know if fair. I was allowed to say on this yeah. uh, how much of that was on purpose. Let's that favor year. the youth. <laughs> Let's You're favor the playing youth. too well. Come back oh, to the bench. we got the fifth <laughs> overall pick because yeah. of this. Maybe, uh, you know, we don't need to win this game against the Kings. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, go do your thing. Yeah, I think the year the narrative really took hold was 2019-20. Okay. And that's, that's year one. Well, that was Luka's second year, but that was really year one of, like, the Luka era, right? That's the Luka KP debut season. So you got Tim and Seth, and, you know, you're, you're rolling those guys out. You have this great offense, but for whatever reason, they couldn't close the door. They were 17 and 24 in clutch games that season. Mm -hmm. Outside of clutch games, I think they went like 25 and 11 or something. They were just they were almost unbeatable. They they blew out so many teams that year, but for whatever reason, if they were nursing a four or five point lead in the final five minutes, they just couldn't close the door. And a lot of that was defense. Last season, however, the Mavs went 22 and 16 in clutch games, which is a really good record. They had one of the better win percentages in the NBA. They won more clutch games than most every team in the NBA. Teams like Phoenix dominate. You know, the Dirk era Mavs dominated. They were winning like 75% of your games. But even if you're winning close to 60%, that's still pretty good. But a pattern I found last season is that a lot of these games, because they're coin flips, they just straight up come down to like, do you make your shots or not? Do the other guys make their shots or not? And so one stat dump, and then I want to get y'all's opinion. In the Mavs' 16 clutch losses last season, the Mavs shot 32.4% from the floor. That includes, or that's on, that's on twos, sorry. That's not even from the floor. That's mm. on twos. They shot 9 of 52 from three, Ooh. which is 17%. Ooh. 17%. And 13 of 20 on free throws, which is 65%. And so these games oftentimes come down to like one point, one possession. Nine to 52 from three is not going to cut it. Those are the games where I get really frustrated. I'm like, if they just would have made their free throws. Yeah, like, and uh, that Phoenix game, same thing. Uh, I think they made their crunch time free throws, but they missed so many in yeah. the first half. You yeah. know, uh, They scored 1.4 points per minute, which ranked 27th in the league. The league average was 1.66 points per minute. The Mavs scored 1.4, so well below average. Opponents, meanwhile, shot 59% including 46% from three and 70% from the free throw line. So better across the board. 46% from three is really, really good. Yeah, yeah when you're comparing it to 17. Yeah. Now Mavs wins, for example, for, uh, by comparison, 22 wins. The Mavs shot 58%. They shot 41% from three and 78.4% from the free throw line, 40 of 51. And so you're able to close the door whenever you're nursing a lead. You hit your free throws at the end, you win. Reggie Bullock last night went one for two whenever the Mavs were up. Three, if he makes it, you could have iced the game. Instead, the doors just cracked open a little bit. You think back to game three against Utah last season, 
Dwight Powell goes 0 for 2 at the free throw line. Jazz mm-hmm. go down and score, and they end up winning the game. Free throws matter. The Mavs in the clutch last season in games they won, they scored 2.93 points per minute. That's a lot of points. League average was 2.82, so the Mavs were well above average. Opponents shot 38%. They shot 29% from three and 60% from the free throw line. So the, the pattern is basically it's literally just do you make your shots or not? Do you get stops or not? Sometimes luck is part of it, but a lot of it is just you've got to make your shots. And uh, for the Mavs, you know, especially with the way Luka plays because he likes going to that step back three, a lot of it comes down to can Luka make those shots. If you're going to take that many, you have to make more. And, um, you know, it feels like in the, in the wins, he makes them. And in mm-hmm. the losses, he doesn't. Is it as simple as that? Or am I, am I are, do numbers lie? Before we break down, like, player-specific stuff, I want to break down, I want Isaac, I, I want your opinion on, like, the team, the overall team aspect of this. Well, I'm trying to trying to remember all those numbers, Bobby. It was, a, it was a big info dump. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if you're riding in your car listening to this, tweet at us that you understood all those numbers. Please. <laughs> I feel driving. like I talked slowly. <laughs> and it was basically when they shoot good, they do good. When they shoot bad, they do bad. Basically, we did a whole full circle back to, hey, if Luca hits the shot, we win. And if Luca misses, we lose. So, Which, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean... Okay, wait, yep. sorry. Side Sidestep real quick. Yeah. Um, I asked Bobby about this already, but I want to know your opinion. So if there is enough time to have a play, do you want Luca or do you want the team to go for the time basket, like the easy layup, or do you want the game winner? Game winner. Okay. Yeah. Bobby said the yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, game winner. You know, you go back to that Pelicans game the other night. You know, that was a, a choice Luca made. Once you get, like, under five or six seconds, like, you're really playing with fire. And Luca played with fire a little bit and playing the free throw game and, you know, he hit yeah. the layup with, like, four seconds. And it's like, Suns right. game, though, he had a little more time. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. A little, yeah. More, a little time. more time. But to the clutch thing, there's so many different factors into it. What I, A stat that I would love that I didn't uh, – I should have pulled up is I would love to know clutch – some clutch stats or clutch records with teams – going back to this word, the heliocentric offense with teams that have one player at a certain usage level. And because I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Bobby's like, say no more, fam. <laughs> He's like, say no more. He's <laughs> racking his brain right now. Um, but, but that's the type of stuff that because, you know, if Luca makes a shot, like you said, he does a step back, it's like, oh, my gosh, Luca's awesome. If he passed it to somebody else and they miss it, it's like, well, one of two things. Either some people think the player sucks. Or two, well, that player just wasn't – they weren't in, you know, not in rhythm because Lucas had the ball so much in the fourth quarter. So that's the type of stuff that you look at. You know the ball is going to be in Lucas' hands. Mm-hmm. And even when – one of the mo- more fascinating things that I'm watching you know, last night and moving forward is this Maxi Kleba versus Christian Wood at the end of the game because they like Maxi. They trust Maxi yeah. in that spot. And because Maxi can switch on defense, he can hit the open three – because so much of the offense is, especially late in the game in a, in a close game, it's going to be Luca with the ball. And then everybody has their defined roles, defined spots on the floor of, and then you're trusting Luca, go make the play. If you're not going to make the shot, he's going to make the right decision. Kind of like a quarterback, right? Exactly. So it's like the play is going to go through him, but then he's able to see what options are there in front of him and make the best, best decision. Exactly. And it's like yeah. Christian Wood is showing that he's an incredible three-point shooter. But right now, they're, mm-hmm. they're trusting Maxie to be in that spot to play that exact role to where the ball's not going to be Christian Wood posting up at the end of the game or Christian Wood iso or something like, like 
Luca's Luca's gonna have the ball. So that's the stuff I get fascinated with when it comes to end of games. When you look at years previously, the conversation was around Luca's like, is he in shape? Like is mm-hmm. you know, is he wearing down at the end of games? Is he looking slower? Is the weight so much on him? I guess both ways, but more like the the load of the offense. Is that so heavy throughout the game that yeah. where he's getting a little like worn down at the end of the game? I do think his uh, man, the managing of his minutes has gotten a lot better yeah. now that you have more more players. And he came into the trot. season in much better shape. Like look at the difference between the start of this season and last season, just from like a narrative standpoint. Mm-hmm. That it felt like the first month of last season nationally, people just couldn't get over it. It's like, oh, he came in out of shape, and people are still referencing it in May. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know if Luca can get this award or whatever because he had three weeks that he was playing himself in the shape. And it's like, all right, come on. But this year, it looks like he's in much better shape, mm-hmm. and he's starting the season on fire. So, anyway, clutch. Every <laughs> if Luca makes the shot, they're going to win. <laughs> I mean, that kind of is what it is. But there's, there's a little more to it than that, too. It's, a, it's about shot clock usage yeah. as well. Like, yeah. Late in games, it feels like sometimes the offense just goes very slow. Yeah, there, it, there's definitely a, a strategy there mm. on how you manage those last minutes, seconds. Which could come back to bite you in the butt. For sure. Because I mean, if, if, if all of a sudden you it's the last possession and it's you having the ball on offense, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, we only have four minutes or four seconds. Mm-hmm. And if you're, let's say you're up seven, right? There's five minutes left in the game and you're up seven. And you're like, all right, it's time to run the, the four-minute drill, right? Let's just hand yeah. off to the running back. Let's milk some clock. If you do that three or four times in a row and you take 20 seconds on a possession, then there is going to be that moment where you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And We're then out Reggie, of time. <laughs> and then Reggie Bullock is, like, firing a pass out of bounds. Yeah. Or Luke yeah. is taking a 32-footer. Or, you know, you try and get a foul. You don't get it. You fall down. It's a fast break the other way. And it's just like, you know, whenever you're you're intentionally – reducing the margin for error, mm-hmm. right? Uh, things can get really bleak. And now these are small sample sizes, too. These are just two games we're talking about. But in the fourth quarter against the Pelicans, the Mavs took nine shots inside the final seven seconds of the shot clock. They were two mm-hmm. for nine on those shots. Against Brooklyn, they only took six shots in the final seven seconds of the shot clock, and they were two for six on those shots. So if you, sh- if you know late in games late in the shot clock, you know they're going to ratchet up the intensity. Yeah. The more you go to that, the more you rely on those like buzzer-beating kind of like final five seconds, can I make some magic happen? And that's not just Luka. This is everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Every team, every team in the NBA is going to shoot poorly in those situations. You know, the more often you rely on that as your source of offense, the more you're going to be kind of bumming, I think, at the end of the possession. Yeah, and you look at, you know, last night, I know we were joking, hey, it comes down to Luka making the shot or missing shot. It's more of, Luca makes the right decision or the bad decision because it's these other guys that are going to get open looks too. Because you look at the first, you know, first, I will say first half or the first few quarters of Thursday night's game, you know, Dorian was missing shots, Reggie missed some shots, but then look what happened in overtime. Luca got into the paint and what happened? It was Tim three, Maxi three, Reggie three, back to back to back, collapse, open threes. Collapse, collapse. Yes. Yeah. Because it's almost a lock. Like if Luca can get into the paint, it's either they're going to give up a layup or they're going to bring help defense, and he's so smart that he's going to find the open guy. That's just what you were talking about in the first segment, mm-hmm. Katya. Yep. Yeah. So that's the that's that's clutch. It that, that's the clutch time moments for Dallas is get the ball to your quarterback's hands and yep. say, 
this is your this is his two minute drill for mm-hmm. NFL terms of you're gonna find the right guy. And, and there's there's a balance between kind of working the clock because it can be your friend when you're playing. Oh, one hundred percent. And the Mavs have lost a lot. I mean, they've they've made a lot of comeback wins too. They're, yeah. they're not the only team in the NBA that has had some struggles in the final few minutes, right? What? But uh, no way. <laughs> when they're playing from ahead, they do kind of have the tendency to work the clock a little bit. And but I feel like any team that's ahead kind of for works, sure. right? Like yeah. that that is the gameplay. Yeah, for right. sure. And a lot of this comes down to Luca taking and making shots because he does take and make way more of them than anybody else uh, on the Mavs. Now let's so, get player specific. Yeah, so player specific. So Luca, for his entire career, if we go back to the start of the 2018-19 season, in clutch situations, so final five minutes of fourth or OT when the score is within five points, he is shooting 59.5% on twos, okay. all shots within the three-point line, and only 22.8% on threes. That includes this season so far, he's 6 for 8 on twos, 75%, and he's 0 for 6 on threes, 0%. I feel like his first season, um, no one no one knew what to expect, and then he had this like really productive clutch time. He had the like, Houston game. Yeah, exactly. And, and so then everyone was like, oh, my gosh, he is our clutch god. Like, yes, I'm here for it. But, I mean – it was a small sample size, right? So, like like you said, like the clutch games weren't as many, and so obviously when you get more, you're under a microscope. Yeah, you know? and that isn't to say like Lucas sucks. No, not at, just, all. Like, not at all. Threes are hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know, threes are really hard to make. Yeah, and you know after the I guess it was the Pelicans game, you know you you hop on the 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 Twitter sphere, and as you do, <laughs> as you do, Elon's world now I guess, yeah. and <laughs> it's. It was oh we could have predicted that last play. It's the Luca step back three and and it's oh God the duck <laughs> is back. The duck has made his first <laughs> appearance. Um, but I ate a bunch of beans last <laughs> night, so I'm just kind of like, working through it right now. Forgot about that. It's like the Twitch days. Um, <laughs> but no, for yeah, and, and for Luca, it's like when that goes in. When it goes in against Boston, we're all freaking out and clipping the highlights. And when it goes out, it's like he should have drove. <laughs> Well, I think that goes to your point of like go for the game winner, right? Because it yeah. makes those more memorable moments of when they do make it and they do win the game. Yeah, you always remember that. But this is also that's also pro- probability too, right? Like if you need a a two to tie, three to win, you're gonna make your twos at best like a sixty percent clip. You know, Luca, one of the best clutch two point shooters in the NBA for over sure. the last five years. You have a sixty percent chance to tie the game, and then you have a fifty percent chance basically to win in overtime. So you have a what is that? 30% chance to win the game. I wonder, you're the math guy. Yeah, whereas if, you, with you. If, you can, <laughs> if you can make one out of three of your step back threes, then that's a 33% chance to win. Now, Luca, for his career, only 22.8%. So, you know, the odds would say maybe going for the two is better. But throughout his entire lifetime, he's shooting way better than 33% from three. So it's kind of like a, yeah. okay, you know. Um, so that's just some strict probability analysis here <laughs> on uh, on the corner three. But, yeah, it's it's tricky because, you know, it feels like Dorian has made a lot of big shots. Spencer Dinwiddie made a lot of big yep. shots last yeah. season in the clutch. I thought the Mavs' final possession of regulation against Brooklyn was really good. Luka put the ball on the floor, whipped a pass to the corner oh, to Reggie pass. Bullock. Oh, yeah, you saw Reggie just walking off like, mm, yeah, and, he, and, he, and he missed it by yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, an good. inch. It I mean, it looked good. great. I thought it was going in. It looked really, really good. And so they were able to get a great look. I mean, it was a, it was a clean look. It was an unbelievable pass. Uh, he just missed it. So, you know, it's not just Luca that's make or miss. Everybody, yeah. no, you know, it's, it's 
everyone, everyone does it. Um, but I, I would just say, you know, and also, too, I want to clarify one thing. If you're losing in a clutch time game, you're going to take some desperation threes. So yep. naturally, your, mm. your percentage is going to get worse. And Luka takes 80 footers sometimes to try and tie a game. Yeah. You know, so, like, there's a lot of noise in there. Um, but the, the best way to not lose clutch games is to not make mistakes earlier in the game. Like, the Brooklyn game. Make your game. free throws. Yeah, yeah. make your free throws. Or <laughs> the <laughs> Brooklyn game, perfect throw. example. In the first three minutes of the third quarter, they had five of the ugliest turnovers yeah. you'll ever see. That's just five empty possessions. Now, over the course of a game, you can't score every time down the floor, but whenever you're tied with two minutes left, it's not because Luka just missed a step back three. It's because that happened as well as the 37,000 other things that have happened. And so I think a lot of times, you know, we might focus on the last couple minutes too much because we've just forgotten about all of the other events that went well or poorly for Dallas earlier in the game. I want to know, Isaac, do you think teams adjust and play a little differently in clutch versus Luka, like defensively? Yeah, I think so. I feel yeah. like they bring the double a little bit more often than than not. Could I, could I ask you all real quick, are you more of, hey, put the starters back in for the final minutes or ride the hot hands? Because that became a thing against Brooklyn that Tim – and Maxi finished the game, played all of overtime, and it was Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian Wood and JaVale on the bench. Where do you guys typically stand on that? I say ride the hot hands, to be completely honest. I mean, okay. I was screaming at my television uh, for the Phoenix game. Ooh. The man just went on his... Where's Wood? He went on his <laughs> personal 60-2 to two run, and he is sitting on the bench as we are losing a lead. That was tough. <laughs> I scooped was tough. back from the microphone, Chopper, because I had to <laughs> yell there. So I think it's good to have some sort of consistency. So for this team, that's I think that Luca, Bullock, and Finney need to be on the floor all yeah, the time. All I the mean, time. I, I yeah. think your defense guys need to be there, but I think you need to have like the hot hand in there as yeah. well, right? And so, so for this team, that could be Tim, that could yeah. be Wood, it could be Maxi if Max having a really good game, or if you need his kind of defense. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, if Dinwiddie's playing well, but Baku. I mean, you know, against Brooklyn, <laughs> against Brooklyn, you know, he was minus twenty, and he was he was he really struggled, even yeah. though he did score it, and he's had a good season overall. I mean, last yeah. night was kind of his uh, worst plus minus game by far, mm -hmm. but um, you know, I think you need to have three or four steady faces so that you kind of everyone yeah. knows each other, you know, and and Dorian and Luca have a really great connection. Yeah. But I think there is some there is some room for the hot hand, especially if you need offense. Yeah, I think yeah. I think uh, like like we said, just you know, four three to four of your guys should be your regular closing lineup, and then go with like whoever has the hot hand. Now, if it happens to be that your closing lineup is the guy that has the hot hand, then perfect. But you know, if it's if it's just you know a guy coming off the bench that is having a really good night, it's Josh Green. Keep him in. Ooh. Keep him in. And he did. He had a great game. He did three threes. Yeah, he did. Three threes. All right, we have 40 seconds left. Do either of you have a really, really spicy hot take? I'm with Isaac. I like cheesecake over regular over, over regular go! cake. Ooh, me yeah. too. Me too. Okay. Oh, All right, so I didn't know if you were going to agree or not. Oh, no. So is that a Stop. lukewarm take then? I don't know. I don't know. Internet, let us know. Che cheesecake over any type of cupcake. I yes. also agree. Gold. I do too. I also even plain New York style with a little <laughs> yeah, strawberry. Me too. Okay, I did not think we were all gonna be on the same page on this. This is good. Alright, so this is the I best like take then. High five for a good take. High fives all around. Alright, uh <laughs> coming up next, we might actually disagree on some sweet treats because we're gonna talk about Halloween candy and also Mav's spooky season here on the corner three. <laughs> Welcome back. 
to the corner three on Studio 41 Radio 97.1, The Freak. I'm here with Katya, with Bobby. Hour number two of the corner three. And guys, if you don't know, you should know. It's spooky season. My favorite. Off the top, do you have a favorite Halloween movie? I'm so basic. Uh, I love Hocus Pocus. Let's go! <laughs> Hocus Pocus! I love it. I, I love, love it. What about focus. you? Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, I guess. Oh, that's a, that's yeah. a classic. I need to watch. I think I'm gonna watch it tonight. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's time. It's, it's, it's time waiting, to observe. You know? I was waiting for for like Pikachu and the Ghost Halloween edition. <laughs> no, I don't know <laughs> if Pokemon's made a Halloween movie, but they should. They have they have a pumpkin Pokemon. Growing pumpkin up, movie. Halloween Town too. Halloween okay. Town was fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, since it's spooky season, we're going to uh, talk about the Mavs. Are we scared about anything with the Mavs right now? Is there something that you're saying, hey, this kind of spooks me about this team, uh, the roster, anything? Bobby, we'll go with you first. What scares you about the Mavs? You put me under the, under the spotlight Yeah, here. you go first so we can all. I think the thing that spooks me is right now Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian Wood are shooting approximately 800% from three, mm. which has kind of uplifted the second unit. Mm-hmm. What happens when that doesn't happen anymore? Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of responsibility whenever Luke is out of the game on Dinwiddie and Wood, which is kind of, that's obviously how most teams work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, when your best player sits, other guys have to step up. But can they find somebody else or some source of offense other than just, hey, make a three right now? You know, can they, can they get some other go-to pet play that they can really rely on in those minutes. And I, that's not even spooky. I guess they'll figure it out. Or maybe they won't. Ooh. Maybe it is spooky. Is this where I plug your film room on Christian Wood? Maybe. And how he plays? I'm scared of how good Mavs that YouTube. video is. Film space room. Correct. Yep. <laughs> Tati, what are you scared of? I'm, um, I know it's still early, but I'm just scared of not nailing down, like, solid rotations that you know like can build the I, i'm a big chemistry person not science but just team wise <laughs> you know, are you a fan of the periodic table People or uh, yeah cool all the elements yep is that right yep oh, okay all yeah the all elements. the elements <laughs> <laughs> just all of them <laughs> just all, the whole gang just all of them <laughs> all the elements <laughs> big fan <laughs> Like, hey, you like the Mavs? All the players. All the, yeah. all, the yeah. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Dodging it like a politician. <laughs> yep, they're the best. <laughs> Gotta all love them. The, the one, the <laughs> other one, too, is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like on, hey, we talked to Jaden Hardy on Media Day, <laughs> and I remember asking him about the pickup runs in the in Oh, the you offseason. actually did talk to him. <laughs> 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 yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I asked him about the pickup runs, and he said, man, it was so much fun. And I was like, he said, yeah, we did really well. I was like, who's on the other team? And he goes, huh, huh, the other guys. Because <laughs> he, he didn't know their names. <laughs> yeah, so. every every row of that table is just yeah, you're, you're great. And the columns, too. You yeah, just every row, them. every column. Yeah. But they got, they got to figure out the rotations. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing <laughs> this back to sports. <laughs> Bring it back. Back to sports. Uh, just figuring out a good go-to kind of hierarchy of rotations and where each player kind of fits into each so that you can kind of see the rotation on the floor and know, okay, this is kind of the way we're going to play. Um, and so I think if that doesn't really get settled here in the next 10 games, 
that'll scare me a little bit. Yeah. I, <laughs> we need a spooky drop or something. I'll, that, I'll well, say, that was a drop. <laughs> I like y'all's rumor has it drop. Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. Um, mine's kind of off rotations, but I'm scared long term about, and I probably shouldn't because our team chemistry was great last year. But Back to science. <laughs> elements. <laughs> is player roles and everybody fully buying into whatever role they have as the season goes along. And that I'm just a little scared about that. And it, it it's for different players, right? It's for, hey, Tim Hardaway, will he buy this role? If he's not playing 30 minutes a night, what if he, some of these nights he's playing like 12 or 13? Is he going to be happy? Is mm-hmm. If Spencer Dinwiddie ends up coming off the bench when he thought this offseason, hey, I'm going to take Brunson's role. I'm going back to starting big time year. Is he going to be fully like happy with that? The biggest one's Christian Wood, like still coming off the bench, being six man. He's saying all the right things right now, but will he be fully? There's just there's so much because the rotations are not fully intact right now, and so much is kind of moving around. I'm a little scared as as the season goes along. It feels fine now, but what's it look like in February and March if? some of these roles are not playing out like some of the players want them. Yeah, I think once you get into the second third of the season, if your role is not defined, that is it's not panic mode time, but it is definitely like, what what are we doing here? We should be in some sort of routine or, you know. At that point, I guess you're relying on the culture to sort of... And the Mavericks not do have a good to, culture. Yeah, not, yeah, I guess not. Uh, it's not that you want the culture to get you to buy in. It's that it will keep you from buying out yeah you you don't want to fit out as lebron would say you want to fit in (laughs) elements quoting lebron so coming up in two days we Mm -hmm. have halloween are y'all dressing up Mm -mm. yeah me neither probably (laughs) not are the kids dressing up i think so uh roman's uh, my four-year-old he's got a hulk outfit that he's been wearing around the house forever and then my daughter like a lot of other little girls in the world loves frozen so She's got that. She's got an Elsa dress, but she's all in on Anna. She loves Anna more than Elsa. It's Anna the brunette. Yeah. Oh, okay. My daughter's brunette too. So yeah. Brunettes, Represent. Brunettes rule the world. That's right. Um, on Halloween, hopefully my kids don't get too much candy. But I'm sure we all grew up going to houses trick or treating. When it comes to candy, do you have any hot takes with candy? What's your What's your top five favorite Halloween candy that if you got it in your bucket or whatever you carried, you're super hyped. Okay, so I gave this some thought. I'm ready to roast I, you. I do love sweet treats. I really do. But it kind of depends on the mood. There are three, though. Like we were talking about who you want to close your games. Oh. You want to okay. be able to rely okay. on a few people. You got your three okay. reliable. Yeah, there are three that I will never skip. I'll eat every one that you got in supply. Skip Bayless? Number one. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to count down. <laughs> Number three. Okay. Starburst. Specifically, the pink and orange. Did orange you super orange is slept on. Yeah. Orange is completely slept on. Did you see that they've came out with a full sleeve of just pink? Yes. That okay. is overkill to me. I think the reason that I love, variety. yeah, I, lo- okay. I savor the pink so much because I know I only get four in a pack, you know, or, so you or sometimes you yellow. get the pair and it's you don't get any pinks in there. <sighs> so you just give the yellows to Chopper. No, I'll eat the yellows. I like too. the yellows. Hot take. I like the yellows. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the yellows I are like fine. I like sour candy. Okay. Yeah, I, I like working my way through a pack of Starburst. I'll, I'll never, even though it is kind of, it's tough. I don't have many nails. Uh, so, well, I have 10, but I don't, they're not very long. <laughs> but it's, it's tough for me to open them. But, okay, number two, Midnight Milky Ways. 
Oh, oh dark, dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh man, that is a that is a can't miss. I love, especially like the bite size. I'm talking bite size. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just delightful. Number one, Reese's minis, the the ind the okay. individual cups. Yeah. I'm the regular size ones like these. Those are fine. Whatever. Give me the mini ones. Just unwrap the foil. It's fun to unwrap it and pull it out of the plastic. You pop it in. Oh, it's just the Throw best. the foil at somebody when you roll up in the ball. No, I don't litter. <laughs> I always put it in the trash can. Okay, wait. Sidebar here. Do Reese's taste better when they're in shape? The egg, the pumpkin, the bat. I think yes. the egg is undefeated. Yeah, the egg yeah, is completely is. undefeated. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The egg is just, I mean, because it's, I think it, it's more peanut butter, I think, that it's, you're getting in yeah. there. This, this peanut butter filling. Discussed. I don't know. Is it, <laughs> is it actually peanut butter, I guess? Is it? Uh, now, my, my other two, uh, Nestle's Crunch or like uh, Nestle's. Um, That's weird. The, what do you call the bite size one? The, the, like the movie theater candy ones, like the little Nestle's balls or any type of like, hmm, I Nestle's think it's balls. Uh, like, is it, is it cracker? Like with a K Katya's favorite Cra thing. Crackle. <laughs> Crackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, love those. Any of those rice candies. And then also the Jolly tea. Ranchers. Love Jolly Ranchers. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I just love a good Jolly Rancher. Okay. Isaac. That's good. What do you got? Yeah. So, um, one, I like the fruity candy. So, uh, Skittles is like all day for me. I love Skittles. Uh, the berry, the purple bag of Skittles, the best. Ooh, um, okay. Skittles, Airheads, love me some Airheads. Airheads are good. Oh Great. yeah. Peanut M and M's. Ooh. Okay. Oh okay. Peanut. Have you ever had the peanut butter M and M's? Yes. Those are. Ooh. I found a on our road trip to Colorado the other day. I found a bag. It was like a mixed assortment bag. So I had. All How do you know what you're gonna? Yeah, get? no. And it was just like. What was that like? It was great. It was great. I like. You okay, I want to find little. We gotta go find all that. of them. Yeah. Um, and then Kit Kats, this is a classic. Gotta love Kit Kat. And Thank this you. one, I feel like you're going to roast me on, but Paydays. Paydays. Payday, is that the one that has no chocolate and it's just like peanuts and caramel? That's correct. Okay, it's peanuts anyway. and caramel? Uh, caramel. And it's like, I thought it was like caramel. <laughs> caramel. <laughs> I thought caramel. It was, I thought it was peanut butter. <laughs> 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 All right, what is a payday candy bar? Googling now. Oh, crap. Peanut caramel bars. It's not right. even peanut butter. <laughs> okay. How did you get that wrong? It's one of your favorite candies. It's good. <laughs> I don't know the what it peanut is. Peanut flavor just overpowers it, and it just... Makes it taste like peanut butter? I, I don't feel like people like paydays, but uh, underrated. Okay. I'm not sure I've ever had a payday. I wrote down a few that I, I thought were horrible, and y'all haven't list them yet so i was ready to roast you but oh okay well let's see if, if oh no okay i'm <laughs> nervous now okay dun, 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 dun. now okay. it's real spooky season okay all right so i did not i did not think about this too hard because i just wanted to go off the cuff i'm not gonna lie i just love candy so um no. three two one or one two three do whatever you want, whatever. man. This is you, your, this my top is your, three are just kind of all interchangeable life. thank you thank you uh kit kats good yes um Snickers. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Snickers are, are the, the very bite rich size. Can. Okay. Classic. Yeah. And then I like to switch it up, and I, I like Sour Patch Kids. Ooh. Sour Patch Kids, mm. fire. Do you like fire. the kids, or do you like do you want to get the watermelon only? <laughs> um, I like the I like the kids. That's that, that that's so. Weird. That's a serious <laughs> question. <laughs> I was not it trying was to so make weird. some sort it's of like fun. We went back to like hocus pocus quick. Like, do you like the kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to eat kids? <laughs> you just want to just oh eat my children? Um, and then four Reese's. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore the your question. Or the, or the, the shapes. Okay. Uh, See, this is why I'm glad that you are staying with the shapes and the cups because hot take for me, mm -hmm. Reese's pieces suck. 
Ooh, oh, I'm yeah, no. Big, I'm no. not a big Reese's Pieces. Oh, horrible. The only time I like Reese's Pieces is when you sneak some into the movie theater and then you buy some movie theater popcorn and you dump the Reese's Pieces in the popcorn. I cannot advocate for sneaking <laughs> candy into a movie oh, theater. Yeah, sorry. As a veteran of cinema, allegedly. I yeah, I've allegedly. heard. I've heard tell of people doing that, and uh, you shouldn't do that. No, I don't bring my extra big purse to the movie theaters ever. <laughs> uh, and then okay. number five. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I don't know. Twiz- Interchangeable. Twizzlers. No. Oh. No. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Skittles. Okay, yeah. that's solid. They got stuck in your teeth though, and that's the part I don't like. Oh, I'm so so just sour patch. Where y'all at with tootsie rolls? Bye, goodbye. No, I'll eat them. No, but I'll eat like filler one. candy. You know what's worse no, though? Not fill. It's better than filler. The flavored tootsie rolls. They How make flavored ones. Never one? had one. How bad are those? I've <laughs> never had one before. Or the the black and orange wrapper candy that I don't even know the name of it, but it's just like the it's like the classic. I got it and I don't. It sucks. <laughs> it's kind. It's not <laughs> quite fudge. It's kind of like just like a mishmash to yeah, roll like, sort of. I think I would rather eat a rock. Than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Those are always real underwhelming. Okay, so we love tier list tier list here in <laughs> Studio Forty One. <laughs> yeah. So I did some research. Twitch.tv. Because I want to find out which states I can dunk on. <laughs> I'm ready. And so CandyStore.com uh, has quite a blog. Wow. Some of their most recent work includes. Can duck soup make sky bars fly again? And conversation hearts dethroned as sweethearts sit this one out. So you know that they're serious. They're on the oh candy yeah. beat. So on September 29th, <laughs> it's a, it's a, they got a blog, man. On September 29th, uh, writer Ben George published this article. Most Shout popular Halloween candy by state. It's an interactive map. That's neat. I was going to be like, why Kit Kat should tank? <laughs> <laughs> they gathered 15 years of data for this map of 2022's most popular Halloween candy in the U.S. by state. And so I believe they did this based on, not uh, on numbers sold, I think this is on volume, maybe, so like the, the amount of weight of the candy, I'm not really sure. Or most frequent purchases, because like some candies cost more, or What whatever. if you buy the you mixed know? bags? I don't think that counts. Okay. According but to candyreference.com. <laughs> they typically only mix the spare candies together. You know, uh, like most I of actually the stars can... Just picked up a bag of mixed candy, and it was only Kit Kats and Reese's Cups. Wow, that's elite. It is sitting in my fridge right now, and wow. I'll just go in and just grab it. Twelve ninety nine. That that is elite. <laughs> Target. All right, so these are these are some of the the notable uh, results for me. So this is an interactive map. Are I, we going I guess good can, or bad right now? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna run down the list of the popular states. Okay. Right. So Texas. The popular states. <laughs> well, the states people know about. <laughs> The states your average American could point out on the map. So, sorry, Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah. Texas. Starburst. Most popular candy in our state. Okay. Second place, Reese's Cups. Third place, Sour Patch Kids. I Whoa. Bam. There you go. Are you right for this blog? The number one state in, <laughs> or the number one candy in California, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Solid. M&M's they second. And Skittles third. Now, M&M's, it doesn't. Uh, Plain, peanut. Yeah. I, I feel brownie. like I don't think I've ever seen anyone buy regular M and M's. I think it's the brownie ones are pretty good. The brownie ones are so good. I almost exclusively see people get peanut M and M's, peanut butter M and M's, uh, pretzel M and M's. Those are good too. Pretzel, I never yeah. see anyone eat the plains. No. So I'm kind of calling these. I like the plains. Question. I like the plains, but other states that had Starburst include Michigan and Indiana. How about that? Okay. Uh, in New Mexico, the winner was. Hershey's Mini Bars. This is the assortment of regular Hershey's, Hershey's Dark Chocolate, 
Crackle and Mr. Goodbar. So they go for the ex- the assortment in our you neighboring like state, New Mexico. Right? I do like Crackle. Yeah. Like the ones you put with like s'mores? That's what they voted no, for. No, that's yeah, like, the, like the little fun pack. The little bite-size, the little uh, bite-size uh, individually wrapped little mini like candy. The Don't they have the dark ever? They do have the Hershey's dark, dark yeah. and I think they even have Hershey's with a peanut. Has some of this other candy? One peanut. Has some of this other candy even like made it to New Mexico? <laughs> Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> they, they might not know about it. So here's the 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 most disgraceful result. Oh boy. To me, okay, oh bar no. none, and this is what I was. Yeah. I found this map in the office yesterday, and I started <laughs> reacting to it, and I didn't want to tell Katya yeah. the result, and she was like, "What is going on in North Dakota?" Because I was just dunking. Oh, you didn't even tell me the state. Okay, it's North Dakota. North Dakota, Minnesota, and Nevada are the three most psychotic states in the Union. Okay. Because their number one Halloween candy is hot tamales. (laughs) Hot tamales. The cinnamony. The cinnamon candy. I forgot that even existed. I will say I like them, but not like... That's the number one candy. No. It's the number one candy. <laughs> now, Minnesota and North Dakota, it gets a little cold up there. So you want to warm up. In Nevada on Halloween, it's like 102. Isn't like, that What are you doing? You sickos? Are those the same people that make Mike and Ike's? Because uh, our guy Mike, JB loves Mike and Mike Ike's. Mike and Ike's are spare, too. Mike and Ike's are super spare. You hear spare. that, JB? Yeah. <laughs> I hope you do. He's watching. I hope you watch this show, and I hope you're mad at me right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm definitely not mad at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> um, okay. What's Kentucky's? Uh, Kentucky Reese's. Okay. No, Hot no. tamales are number two. Classic. And Swedish fish are number three. <gasps> that. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't get behind that. Wow. Swedish fish also the the number one candy of choice in Georgia too. What are you doing, Georgia? So I love Swedish fish, but they're tough to get through. They're, they're I tough. Can have they're like so one. chewy. They yeah. like get stuck on my teeth. Mm-mm. Yeah, hot tamale is also the number one candy in Virginia. So I don't want I don't want Virginia to think they get off easy here. Oh wait, what was that in Tennessee? In Tennessee, the number one candy is Tootsie Roll Pops. Also number one candy in Utah and Washington. I love Tootsie Roll Pops. How many licks does it take to get to the center? Hopefully a hundred, because I love them. I just <laughs> love the red Tootsie Roll Pop. Is one of the best. Very good. Tootsie Roll Pops would have made my top five if every flavor was as are good the, as the Are red those one. the ones that you used to do the rapper? And if you found like the little guy like shooting the bow yeah. and arrow, you were like, yeah, it's a winner. What do you get for that? Probably just a free candy. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you got something, right? It's like right? the 20-ounce cap. It's like free 20-ounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like basically, this is free. <laughs> yeah, but you have to scan this at your local gas station. Like, I'm six years old. Yeah. I now it's go like, to the gas station. go online and register and do this. Yeah, for all of your email. personal information, you can get one free number. sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other result that really shocked me, well, two, we're talking deep south now. We're going to the, the Bible Belt. Louisiana, the number one candy in Louisiana. Lemonheads. No. Bye. Bye. Lemonhead. Can we just cookie cut that state and just like <laughs> give me the beignets though? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'll keep the beignets. Take the beignets. <laughs> Leave the lemonheads. <laughs> Reese's cups number two and blow pops number three in Louisiana. This is just chaotic. Right. That is, that it's is time to say goodbye to Louisiana. Blow pops. Blow pops. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Blow pops ain't bad. Are you going to rank them in your top three of anything? No, No, not at all. It might be a top three lollipop with something in the middle. No, that's like saying De'Aaron Fox is a top, like, 50 player. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Steiner out there is going to (laughs) come find you and beat you up. And then how about about Missouri? Just plain Milky Ways is their number one. I thought that was weird. 
Mississippi, their number one candy is musketeers. <laughs> Three musketeers, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How many are we talking? Musketeers, yeah. <laughs> Three musketeers is their number one candy in I Mississippi. I don't know what's in the middle of a Three Musketeer. It, it's, it's just like nougat. Mousse. It wears me out. It's nougat. Mousse? Mousse? <laughs> I think it's just nougat, isn't it? Is it mousse? No, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> and then uh, I think this is my, well, honestly, Hot Tamales might be my last place finisher, but uh, two runners up, Arizona. Hershey's Kisses is their number one. I think that's disgraceful. What? <laughs> it's what? disgraceful. If you had a bowl of them right here, I wouldn't even touch them. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh, I would eat like 20 in like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then the number one, oh my God, West Virginia Blow Pops finished first. Okay, so West Virginia is also in, the, in the, the Hall of Shame. But the number one worst state in the union for the year of 2022, Connecticut. Based on their candy likes, nothing nope, else. Worst overall. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> their number one candy Almond Joy. No, nah, that sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick, to uh, to bring it full circle, oh, since, uh, since Bobby likes to throw grenades at the end, I'll throw a grenade. If you're a fan base, which, one, which fan base should be more scared about their future, the Lakers or the Nets? The Nets. I feel, yeah, I feel like Lakers fans can rest easy because they can always dream up scenarios <laughs> to get the next best player here. Brooklyn, not so much. So I think Nets, if, if there are any Nets fans, I think they're, <laughs> they're probably going up, hey, they're I was up against it right now. I used to be a Nets fan. Well, they're last you in season <laughs> ticket sales. Like, they're, they're yeah. having a hard time. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And they've the traded Nets, all their though. picks. Like, they're kind of, yeah. They're stuck with players that don't really want to be there. <laughs> Potentially. I think it would be the Nets, too. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talking about the rest of the NBA, get everybody's hot takes, going around the league, and some old friends that used to play for the Mavericks. Dennis Smith and Charlotte, Jalen Brunson. Who's know. he? <laughs> Who's Jalen Brunson? Coming up here in a little bit. They play close to Connecticut. Almond Joy sucks. They <laughs> suck. Welcome back to the Corner Three. Now the candy talk is over. It's time to eat our vegetables and talk about the NBA. We got some other teams and other players who may or may not have played for the Mavs before that are doing really well. There are other teams that we want to highlight and shout out, but first. There's some teams that are doing way better than we thought they would, and there's some teams that are doing maybe way worse than we thought they would. So, what these are some standings, huh? Yeah, yeah. So these standings, <laughs> huh? It says it best at the bottom of the screen. What the heck is going on in the NBA? Why are some teams really good? Why are some teams really bad? Katia, is there a team that is maybe way underperforming or way overperforming what you expected? It's early, it's obviously. It's so Caveat, early but that. Obviously, this is like overreaction city, but um, that's what we do here. Yeah, I know. We I were know. told in the comment section to be a little more divisive. Yeah, okay, fine. So it's time to dunk on some I teams. thought Ooh, the Clippers would be way better. Ooh, okay. Oh, What's oh. their record? What are they doing? The right Clippers now? are currently two and three. Uh, those two losses against Oklahoma City just really shocked me. Uh, yeah, that is. And then that is tough. Both by double digits, I think, too. Right? I mean, one was by they got beat down pretty good yeah. one time. They lost by like 15 points, I think, in one of those games. I mean, they're, they're on a three-game losing streak. So Oof. they won their first two, and now they have lost their last three. So um, that was kind of a shock for me. Uh, you hate to see it. hate to see it. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You hate to see it. Um, let's see. Just kind of glancing over the standings right now. Utah in third, four and one. Okay. What? Weird. 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 Um, They're and playing then great. In They're the playing East, great. 
I thought Brooklyn, like we've talked about this a million times, I thought Brooklyn would have been off to a better start. Uh, and the Wizards, three and one. We'll we'll talk about KP a little bit here, but Utah's only loss, by the way, to Houston. They've beaten a bunch of playoff teams. <laughs> they lose to the Rockets. <laughs> Very. Strange. I don't get it. <laughs> NBA, fix yourself. <laughs> what one of my most confusing teams going to this season that I didn't know what to do with was Portland, and it was like, what are what are you going to be this year? I could see them being a lottery team. I could see them, if Dame comes back fully healthy, then they're like a top six team in the West. They're four and one right now. And some of the, some of the stuff I've watched them play, like Anthony Simons, a low-key in, most improved player, you know, I candidate like here after four games, but a little over 18 points a game. Shaden Sharp, like good luck predicting what he was going to be. but he Well, gets no one even knew because no one even saw him in college. Exactly. And then no he knew. goes to Summer League. Everybody's hyped to see him play. He's, what, seventh overall pick. And he gets hurt in Summer League, so he didn't get to see him, you know, watch him play. And, but then I, I feel like he's had some really cool moments coming off the bench for him this season. So obviously Damian Lilly got hurt yeah. um, a few nights ago. So we'll see how that plays out. But I've been surprised by them. I, I like some of their team, and they're a fun team to watch, I think. Yeah, calf strains, average missed time, I think I saw uh, in street clothes. It's like 16 days or something. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a long time. I mean, yeah, we go back to you know look at Luca's going into mm -hmm. the playoffs and stuff. But we'll see. They, they're surprising me, though, 4-1. and one. How about Philly being 1-4? and four? Miami also 2-4. and four. The Nets 1-4. and four. I mean, Miami almost won the East last year. They were the number one seed. They... Lost a very close game seven to go to the finals. Brooklyn, extremely talented team. Mm -hmm. Can't figure it out. Yeah. A, a little beat up around the edges. You know, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. but uh, And then Philly. I mean, sexy pick to win the conference. One and four. Yeah. Yowza. Yeah. That, Tobias Harris yeah. looks not, not great right now. Should they bring Tobias off the bench or one or Maxi off the bench or somebody off the bench? Because, like, you put all your good players, they're just not touching the ball. Is Doc the leading, like, leading clubhouse of first coach looking for other employment? And I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Depends who the players like him. I mean, I, that's a, that would be a big change to make for such a good team. But mm -hmm. yeah. isn't D'Antoni the assistant there? <laughs> I think so. Was he, did he ever coach James? Yeah, he coached James yeah, in okay. Houston. Yeah, yeah. Are you, I know we, uh, I joked about it a little bit ago, but are you surprised at all about the Lakers? No. No. Okay, me neither. No. Uh, no, it's great. I mean, love to see it. They're, Have okay, they won so, a game? Nope. No, they're zero and four. And here's their here's their upcoming schedule. So find me the game where they'll be favored to win. So Friday night, maybe they beat Minnesota. Uh, we're talking to you in the past. So maybe they beat the the Wolves. There's but been some weird Minnesota stuff. Yeah, they play at Minnesota, versus Denver, versus New Orleans, versus Utah, versus Cleveland at Utah, at Clippers, versus the Kings on November 11th. That's cool. And then you play the Nets. So that's like their next ten games. The Kings. <laughs> I mean, Kings maybe. Are so they're gonna be one in ten. They they can't yes. lose both of those Utah games. Like they're they're gonna trade. Yeah, they'll have to do something if they lose those Utah games. I just I can't imagine being a Lakers fan right now. They gotta be like. I would love to imagine. It's, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, teams that have started zero four. I I heard the stat on the ESPN broadcast the other night, and I could not. Uh, I can't remember for the life of me. I actually looked it up a few years ago when the Mavs started 0-4. It's bleak. Now, the Mavs started 0-4 in 2006-07. They ended up winning 52 of their next 57 games. I don't think the Lakers can be that good, but your odds of making the top six or even the top eight after such a bad start, I mean, it's really, really bad. And the Kings, 
you know, I don't think anyone would say the Kings are more talented than, than the Lakers, but they were kind of like this under-the-radar pick to maybe sneak in to a, a, a playing spot. Um, a, a Kings.com beat reporter picked them to finish ahead of the Mavs this year. Oh, um, really? Yeah, wow. which I, you know, I always pick the Mavs to make <laughs> yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, so I, sure, I get it, sure. but uh, I mean, I picked the Mavs to go 82-0 and this season. But, you know, the, for the Kings to start 0-4 too is tough because, I mean, yeah. How big of a how big of a hole can you dig yourself before it just becomes too deep to get out of? And and they have a lot of win now type of players that like technically <laughs> theoretically win now players of Sabonis, Fox, mm-hmm. Barnes, Rashawn Holmes. These guys. It's not just a <coughs> rebuild. Of, yeah, it's yeah. not just a rebuild. Are you surprised at all about Memphis's hot start? You know, I think some people. Jeff Skin Wade, myself, I thought that they would take a step back. Me? Um, <laughs> like, they're four I and one. I think I said that, too. Yeah. Um, do you know Desmond Bain played down the street uh, in <laughs> No way. At t- no way. Uh, he's looking good. He had 31 points a few nights ago. I, I thought he – I know Jaw gave him his most improved uh, award. Yeah. But I, I genuinely thought, like, last season he, he showed enough to be most improved. Yeah. It is a pretty easy schedule for them out of the gates. They've played the Knicks, the Rockets, the Mavs, which they got clobbered, the Nets, and the Kings. They're about to play two games against Utah. They play at Portland without Dame. That could be easy. Mm-hmm. Then they play Charlotte. They play Washington, both games at home. Ooh. They play the Celtics. That's tough. But then they play the Spurs. I mean, their first 10, 15 games are pretty easy. Yeah. So, so even schedule, if they yeah. do fall back, you could just load up a bunch of wins in the bank. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, kudos to them for taking care of the this part of their schedule. But... They were felt like they were kind of universally the pick, sort of like underrated almost how unpopular they were, like to to fall mm-hmm. out of the top six. Yeah, like everyone thought that they would. So, you know, well, maybe yeah. maybe they can use that as motivation, and at the end of the year, say, "Well, we used, you know, we got that chip on our shoulder from uh, Studio Forty One Radio." Yeah, I mean, you look at paper though, and it's like Jaron Jackson Jr. is hurt. Right, they lost DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson. They replaced them with just these rookies, David Roddy, who got cooked by Luca and mm-hmm. Laravia, some of these guys. But they're great at finding guys and they're great at drafting. They're great at winning without their key players too. I mean, they did. Yeah, they did jaw, really well you know. last year without Jaw. Yeah. Um, so how about some players that aren't on the Mavs anymore that used to be? So it's time to take a, a, a quick check in with some of our former faves. I'll go first. We're still current. So uh, I'll go first. <laughs> Gal McHale announces his <laughs> retirement from basketball. And uh, I just want to say shout out to him. Did I say his name right, Bobby? Cheers. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Some people say Meckle. I say Meckle. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's an American way of saying Anyway, that. I just want to hop in there. Go first. Yeah. Shout out, Gal. Great Talking career. Talking about former Mavs. <laughs> uh, Jalen Brunson, the most recent former Mav. He's off to a great start in New York. He's averaging 20 points, eight and a half assists, only one and a half turnovers per game. That is uh, the, the picture of efficiency. 51 from the floor, 41 from three, 85 from the free throw line. The dude's been killing it. The Knicks are winning games. Jalen has fit right in. And I still think that team lacks a lot of shooting. Uh, we've seen some cryptic stuff from R.J. Barrett's perspective about mm-hmm. how much he's having to, I guess, not get to touch the ball on offense because he's worried so much about defense or something. Like, maybe that's just what you should do because you're winning games but i i don't know it's so it's not all the glitters not gold in new york but jalen and that team is off to a really good start can i can i go on a little baby tangent real yeah. quick i was just looking up jalen uh jalen brunson on basketball reference and i just typed in jalen and 
out of all of the guys named Jalen, only Jalen Rose is the only one who's not active. And then you have Jalen Brunson, Jalen Green, Jalen McDaniels, Jalen Smith, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Jones, Jalen Harris, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Duran, Jalen LeCue, whose nickname is Baby Westbrook, uh, Jalen Williams, Jalen Adams. And there's wow. another Jalen Williams, and there's also Jaden's too. That that name popularized by Jalen Rose, we found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent you yeah. that article, but I, I just, I find that so interesting. A lot so, of Jalen's. Out of all the Jalen's, the only one who's retired is Jalen Rose. The rest are active in the NBA. So. Let's do a Jalen power <laughs> ranking. Is he, number, <laughs> is he number one, probably? Um, you know, separating him from the Mavs, obviously, would be great in Dallas right now. But I'm happy for him. Uh, he looks like he's having a lot of fun Are playing you? basketball. I am. Okay. I am. Okay. But, okay. I mean, he's fitting so well. You could tell that the teammates love him. It's really cool seeing run, yeah. seeing him run his own team, you know, watching that game the other night, uh, going against Charlotte and Dennis Smith Jr., you know, just seeing him get his shots. And he's so much more comfortable. He's, I think he's averaging a career high in assist right now, um, 20 points a game. Obviously, there's only, you know, four games to this, but 41% from three for him over 50% from the field. He's just playing really good basketball. And if you care, if you like, hey, it's cool for Knicks fans, if we care about Knicks fans, they have a legit point guard to like mm-hmm. root for and to just settle down the whole team. There's been some really good uh, stuff written about him too in the athletic and different places. So I'm happy for him. He's, he's just a pro's pro. Good dude. Easy guy for to root sure. for. Yeah. I mean, he's always been super effective from, uh, from two point. So, uh, and then this year, it's really nice to see him averaging, you know, over 40% from three. There was only one season when it, where he averaged 40% from three with the Mavericks, uh, 40.5. And now he's at 41.2. But uh, like Isaac said, getting to see him lead his own team has been really cool to watch. And averaging eight and a half assists and only one and a half turnovers a game. He's good. Congrats, Jalen. <laughs> Just kidding. Happy for him. Happy for him. Um, <laughs> Hope that the Mavs go 2-0 against the Knicks this season, of course. But in I the rest of the games, I hope they game. win them all. How about that? I, I think the Mavericks have, like, always just in the last, like, five years have had these ties with New York. And, like, it just – it's going to continue. Yep. One guy that used to play for the Knicks and also then used to play for the Mavs. See? The, the New York ties, Well, <laughs> really, there's two – both of the next two guys we're going to talk about have played for the Mavs and the Knicks. But the first one, KP, uh, so far in Washington this year – Averaging 17 points, eight rebounds. If we round up, which I think we should, 17 points, eight rebounds, two and a half assists, uh, over one block per game. Shooting better than 40% from three, which is good to see because last year he really, really struggled mm-hmm. from deep, especially in the first part of the year with the Mavs. Um, he and Bradley Beal trying to kind of figure it out. Washington's had some wins. I think they're three and one. The Mavs see them pretty soon. See them in, a, I think, a week or two. KP. I like his beard. I was going to say beard good and beard, beard at KP. And, and they have a good record, right? They're, what, 4-1, and 3-1? Yeah. Uh, somewhere through there. And, yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, he's got so much. I mean, we we went through the whole KP uh, talk for, you know, three years there, and him mm-hmm. and Brad Beal, and I like some of their other players on the team. It's all health for him. What does this look like in three or four months? Is he still playing at this level? Mm. Yeah, to speak to that, after his ACL injury, 2019-20, he only played 57 games. 2020-21, 43 games. 21-22, 51 games total. So I think that's a big part of it. So. And when we play them, you know, the Dinwiddie story is something I'm watching too. And I think we played them after the trade last year. Yeah, Washington mm-hmm. made like their first 25 yeah, shots. Yeah. 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 But, you know, they, they gave up on Dinwiddie. And Spencer was very open about that of like, 
hey, they gave up on me after 31, 33 games. Yeah. That, you know, he, his first season there, he tears his ACL, comes back, and he plays 33 games. They ship him off for in the KP trade. So, you know Spencer's going to have a little bit of extra for that game. He had a little bit extra for uh, extra juice for the Nets, too. You know, uh, yeah, as he did last year as well when he hit that game winner. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the the Nets didn't give up on him as much as Washington did, but I also I feel like that Nets team something had to be done. It was a weird team. It was a weird team, but yeah. I, I love that team. Mm. All right, another guy that used to play for the Mavs and used to play for the Knicks. A lot of Mavs Knicks connections. <laughs> See, I said yeah. like it's like the whole squad. Yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. Has played four games for Charlotte. Of course, they're down LaMelo Ball, and I think somebody else got, got hurt for them, too, in their backcourt. They've had a lot of injuries already, of course, and uh, notable absences for reasons other than health. Um, Dennis this year in four games, 13.5 points, 6.3 assists, 52 from the floor, 50 from three. Nice. Only 33% from the free throw line, but he's only taken, I think, like three attempts or something, so it's not – or. Five attempts? I don't know. He hasn't taken very many. Uh, he's 0 0.3 of 0 0.8 from the free throw line this season <laughs> per game. So I, I don't want to do the math, but uh, it is good to see he's Dennis. He's one of three. One of three. Yeah. Okay. It's good to see Dennis doing well. I want to see his role when everybody's healthy. You know, Terry Rozier out mm -hmm. the other night, too. Uh, I love Scary Terry. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Really good player. <laughs> yeah. Boston Scary Terry was a whole vibe. He's the Jordan Clarkson yeah. thing of like, yeah. I yeah. Just feel like he's going to give you 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. for sure. Love Rozier, but... I want to see his role. I'm happy for him. You know, once he you know got traded in that KP trade, it's like, all right, can you find a home somewhere else in the league? Wasn't working here in Dallas with Luca, and you know he's bounced around Detroit, New mm -hmm. York. I feel like there was another team after that. Portland, Portland, Portland yeah. Yeah. Coffee, yeah. Um, and now he's in Charlotte. He's getting a chance. He's playing. He's playing well. He hit some big shots. Going. It was weird watching him go head to head with Brunson the other night. And it's like, yeah, all right, it's like y'all played together and, and all that. But I hope he can stick in the league. If anything, is like a backup point guard or something for a team. Yeah, off to a good start. I, I, <laughs> off to a good start. You know, we'll see how obviously uh, Lamelo not being in the rotation, how that'll affect. If is Lamelo coming back this year? Yeah, he's coming. Yeah, okay. It's, it was a pretty severe sprain, but no one really knows. Okay, it could well, be like I mean, Luca missed a what? He missed like ten games. When one someone time says day to day, I'm just like. I mean, Charlotte. I don't know how many wins they're trying to rack up this year, but so maybe it might be month to month. But it did us back in the. <laughs> Dunk contest. Well, with all these other teams that were supposed to be bad winning. Yeah. Kind of like, oh. Yeah. You know. No, but it's cool. To, it's cool to see him. You know, he started two games. I hope he starts some more and I hope he does well. Me too. Yeah. I am <laughs> really happy for you. I don't have to pretend, Dennis. I'm really happy. So, for about you. are you pretending <laughs> for the other ones? Maybe. Hmm. Can you give us an update on Rajan Rondo? <laughs> I do, honestly, I don't even know what he's does doing. Does he have a Is job? Is he on a roster? No, no he's not. Okay. I, I could not tell you what he's doing. He's what, what probably Rick, playing Connect Four somewhere with He's, Rick. Yeah, beating kids, <laughs> beating kids at Connect Four. <laughs> Do you like kids? <laughs> uh, all right. Who's in the bonus this week? Uh, I am. Okay. Oh. Thank you for making that segue because I didn't want to say, "All right, all y'all, shut up." And <laughs> it's my <laughs> turn to talk. Yeah. Pay attention to me. Yeah, it's my turn. So I'm. Uh, I have the stage for the next two-ish minutes. I'm going to talk about chess real quick, okay? But there's a basketball tie-in, so oh, don't God. click All away right, well, from the vid. Don't Isaac change the I'll dial. See you later. No, no, no. It's been good, guys. Hey, be safe out there on the road. <laughs> okay, yeah, very funny stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I've oh. kind of become a big chess fan, 
when COVID started, I needed something to keep my mind occupied so it didn't turn into jello. So I downloaded the chess.com app and became addicted within five seconds. Like, did not take long. Like Pokemon? Like Pokemon. Two years later, I'm not great, but I'm really into it. Chess has a rich history, which you may or may not know. It's like a very serious sport. Uh, and just like in other sports, players of the past have helped mold the game into what it is today. And when I started watching analysis videos, which I do very often, one player in particular, a guy named Mikhail Tal, captured my attention immediately. Tal was born in Latvia in 1936 and lived in the Soviet Union, which dominated chess longer than the Warriors, Spurs, Lakers, and Bulls combined. The prevailing style at the time he came onto the scene was slow, methodical, and controlled. All the best players played this way. But Tal wouldn't have any of that. He was famous for saying, chess, first of all, is art. He'd give away pieces just to see what would happen next, saying there are two types of sacrifices, correct ones and mine. But his opponents would be so freaked out by his moves that they'd go on to lose anyway. Earning the nickname the Magician from Riga, he used imagination and creativity as he dragged his opponents into a deep, dark forest where 2 plus 2 equals 5, and the path leading out is only wide enough for 1. Tal became world champion in 1960 at 23. Isaac is laughing right now. This is good stuff, Isaac. Hush. Tal reminds me a lot of Luka Doncic. Sometimes it seems like the magician from Ljubljana does something wild just because he wants to try it. There's not always a rhyme or reason when he voluntarily invites a double team, or at least there doesn't appear to be at first. But then the next thing you know, somebody becomes wide open. Sometimes it's even him. After last night's behind-the-head all-timer to Maxi Kleba, Luka said after the game, Sometimes in practices... I try to do some dumb things, probably, if that's how you say it. Sometimes in games it works, so that's good. That's Mikhail Tall. For Tall, chess was a form of expression. It was art. I highly encourage everyone to play because if you do so for long enough, you'll begin to understand what he means. I'm beginning to understand that for Luca, basketball is the same thing. Sometimes making things hard on yourself seems counterintuitive, but you never know what's going to happen next. His defenders definitely don't either. The passes, the trick shots, and yes, even all the late step-back threes whenever you only need a two are his way of showing us who he is. It's sport and pure entertainment, but it's also his way of playing chess, of painting a portrait, of writing a poem. Luca isn't perfect, but I'll be damned if there's not one or two or twelve plays a night where my jaw's on the floor or I catch myself laughing to myself in my apartment. Basketball is a little more exciting than chess, I'll grant that, Isaac, but Luca does his part every single night to crank the excitement up to 77. And win or lose, that should always count for something. Nice. That's great. I no, that's good. I want to go play chess now. Anytime, anytime you can like make it art and make it your own, I think that's very a very special thing. And and I think what Luca's doing is very special because he's making the game of basketball kind of his own. He's form of expression. Yeah, he's injecting his personality into the game. 100%. You know? It makes 82 games fun because you never you never yeah. know what you're going to see. You never know. Yeah, and he's even like incorporated when he hits a game winner, he says checkmate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm about fed up with you, <laughs> candy man. <laughs> Go ahead and get out of here. One more thing. I don't like you. Well, this was a fun show, except for the last five minutes, Isaac. Thanks a lot for no, that. No, that was a really, that was a really nice. It was good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you. learned something about chess. Yeah, cool. That's all I can <laughs> ask for. Uh, all right, so next week is going to be fun, too. But this was, this was a fun show. This is two good hours. 
on uh, on the corner three on Studio Forty One Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, it's been a blast. It's been a blast so far, and looking forward to do more. And the next time you can hear us will be next week on Studio Forty One Radio on ninety seven one The Freak and the Mavs YouTube channel. Until then, be a good person, and we'll see you next time. Bye.